ready for it. The um, yeah, let's just let me let me just pray right here. I'm gonna pray and let me jump in so that way I don't hold you too long today because I feel like I think I feel like <laughs> feel like preaching today, Jeremy. I do. Let's pray right here, Father, in Jesus' name. We give you honor and glory today. We thank you, Father, that you are in control of everything. And so I thank you now that uh, your power has gone throughout the world. I thank you that you are the God of the whole earth. You rule and super rule in the majesty of your power. And so I thank you today that this word will go forth unhindered, undistracted. It will take root. It will produce disciples at another level. It will produce Christ followers with a passion and an out and out zeal to run after you with reckless abandon. So I pray that you think through my mind, that you speak through my mouth. Give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. So what I normally do, guys, is, um, of course, I'll read the text to you and then we'll uh, we'll talk. But today I'm going to kind of talk to you a little bit and then we'll go to the text and opposed to me reading all the text to you today. I will run through the text together and pull out the nuggets of the principles that God has for us. Um, so let me let me start by saying this. I want to get your mind in all of today. We're on part six. And I think that we've had some some tech difficulties on the front end of of uh, titles and stuff. But I think they're correcting that. But um, we are on part six of our kingdom currencies. And hear me, whatever you're doing, whatever you type it, whatever you're typing at the moment, stop and look at me. This one is probably going to be one of the most consequential messages that I have taught in this series. OK, this one. So I'm telling you that up front because the enemy may try you. And so you got to get ahead of him so you don't miss this and get ready to take your notes, get ready to watch it again, because I think this one is going to be one of the most consequential. And so having said that, let me start here here's my opening line you ready we sing and testify about the faithfulness of god that's our thing we love those songs uh, yeah yeah you are faithful oh so faithful we love those we know we love songs to sing about the goodness of god and how he has uh done he's always been there and we love those songs and we get we get teary-eyed and our heart just bows before the lord um but here's what i wonder i wonder if god could sing or testify that same way about us yep let's let that sit for one second can he look can he look at you and saying yeah she is faithful oh so faithful can she say that can god say that about you can he look at you <laughs> and declare that you're unfailing uh-huh 
Yeah, that's that's how I feel, Dorian. Those same, those same words. I do want you to say, I want you to know this. Uh, our faithfulness to him matters. It matters. Our faithfulness to God matters. Yeah, Tammy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is one of them. Don't get me wrong. It's not one of them beat up. It is one of those, though. Um, well, you, you'll see. You'll see. So it, it matters to God. And God, listen, God does testify about the faithfulness of his people. That's Job. Okay. Of course, he said to Satan himself. When you're trying to get at somebody, what you doing, Satan? They said, I'm walking around, see who I can get at. <laughs> yes, get at. And um, God says, well, have you considered Job? He's righteous. That's my guy. Okay? And so where that is important to us, listen, it's not just important to us that we think about uh, our faithfulness toward God and this this um, this uh, analogy or scripture about Job. I think it's important, though, that we understand that the enemy, the enemy that I preached this some months back last year or sometime, that the enemy's goal, listen, is to interrupt, get at our commitment to God. OK. And so when we start talking about faithfulness. The faithfulness I'm talking about is this is this life position that is unfailing, unmoving, that's convinced, that lives out the conviction that God is the only true and living God. Without him, we are nothing and that we owe our lives to him. OK, so when we look at that, um, the enemy tries to come and get that conviction your commitment to God. Why do you think he plays with your mind the way he does? He plays with your mind because your mind is the place of your resolve. And the enemy comes to play with your mind, to start questioning the stuff that you believe. Come here, Eve. What was the conversation you had with the enemy? Well, he told me to eat of this fruit. And I told him that God said, no, we can't eat of that fruit. And then he started questioning me. Did God really say not to? <laughs> he knows that if you eat it, you'll be like him. He starts messing with your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, that's where he comes to trick you. And your resolve to be faithful to God. Starts there. Starts here. When I say your mind, I mean your suke, your lab, your heart, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your resolve. This is what I believe. This is what I'm going to stick to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want to be clear. So let me let me go here before we'll get to the text in a second. But I want to be clear that faithfulness to God is not perfection. Oh boy. Let me say it again. Faithfulness to God is not perfection. Okay? It's a yieldedness. Yes, I just made up a word. 
a yieldedness. It is a determination to be and to do all that God has called us to be and do, has planned for us to be and do. Okay, it's a determination to please him. That's what faithfulness to God is. It's a, determinist, a, a, a determination to please him and listen, to get it right. Although our humanity sometimes gets in the way. Let me, let me, let me sit here a minute. Okay, let me see it. Faithfulness to God is not perfection. God understands that, which is why he built into his plan. Okay, he built in. When, when we messed up in the garden, what was built into the plan, the writer says that before the foundations of the world was laid, the lamb was slain. In other words, the blood of Christ, before all of this came into being, the blood of Christ had already been shed for us because of the nature of our humanity, the nature of man. OK, because of Adam's sin, we all became sinners. And because of that, God says, oh, no, I will make sure that there is another way. That's why repentance is a part of the journey and the plan. Are you hearing me? But some of the things that I feel like the body, the church people miss is that faithfulness to God is not perfection. Yeah. And see, church people, God gets it. That's why he says you need to repent daily. Church people, on the other hand, feel like that because I go to church, because I believe in God, I have become him. And so when other people uh, fail and their humanity takes a larger place, then they're resolved to be faithful to God. Then we judge them. Look how y'all looking at me. We judge them and we dog them out. Sips coffee. Because humans who are imperfect is, listen, it's just, we are just like a child who wants to use the phrase, I'm grown. A child who's in there, let's say they're, they're late teens or early 20s. I'm grown. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. But when it all falls out around them, then it's all of a sudden, you're my parent. Aren't you going to help me? Okay. Humans operate that way. We feel like we're supposed to, we are not supposed to be perfect. I'm human. But when it comes to others, they should be. And God says, that ain't my thing. My thing is not your faithfulness to me means that you are perfection, that you are per perfect. You should be striving for perfection. Hear me. And again, the word perfection in the text that we read is, is this whole thing of maturity. We should be maturing. Not perfect as in I don't ever drop the ball. That's why we repent daily, because you may not do an action that's a sin, but you may think something that's sinful. And God says to me, it's all of it. The challenge that my people have is that they rate and grade sin. <laughs> so telling a little white lie, you feel like won't get you in hell. Look how you look at me. But you condemn others that are addicted, that are whoremongers. Look at y'all that are adulterers. We convict them. But when we tell a little white lie, 
Like, why were you late to work today? Oh, yeah, traffic was bad. You ain't had this the best traffic day you done seen in years. What are you talking about? But we say a white lie. Now, the text says that every liar shall have their place in the lake. But because we judge and rate, God says, what I'm looking for is a people who are yielded to me, even though their humanity sometimes gets in the way. I've created a way. Come on. To always get them to come to me, that is why my son died. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that, you know, just sin and then re repent. That's not what I'm telling you. Grow up. I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you, though, is the way we look at people and judge people, we judge them, listen, as if their mess up disqualifies them from God using them. Well, if that's the case, your salvation never took. <laughs> if that's the case, if somebody can fail enough for God to say, I don't want to use you. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. Quick to quote the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments was given from God to Moses. Moses, a guy who murdered somebody. Look how you looking. Mm-hmm. Quick to quick to to uh to quote the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Yeah, came through a guy named David. Come on, who slept with one of his guys' wife and then had the guy killed? Look how y'all looking at me. But we quote him. Yeah, God says, I'm looking for people who can be faithful toward me. In a major way. So that's what we're talking about today. Part six, kingdom currency. What we're talking about today is faithfulness towards God. Are you hearing me? Come on. And when I say to you, faithfulness toward God is not perfection. It's a yieldedness. Watch it. Because even our humanity, when our humanity gets in the way, it gives God an opportunity to step up and show forth his faithfulness. What do you mean, Pastor? Here it is. Here it is. John, 1 John 1, 19. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. He's faithful and just. Faithful and just. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So even in our impure, in our imperfect nature, God is still looking for faithfulness. Now, why are you talking about this, uh, Pastor? Because when we start talking about this, I want us to, to when, we, when we go to our text today, I want you to see that faithfulness to God matters. And we're going to see today as we talk about Abraham, who had this faithfulness toward God. Although he wasn't uh, spotless, God still had this relationship. OK, so let's let's move on. Let me say this to you. The faithfulness toward God is a currency. And this is why I'm telling you that I believe that this is one of the most consequential talks in uh, this series. Because his faithfulness toward God is a currency. And this currency, listen, pays dividends 
in the now and in eternity. What you're going to find out is this currency pays dividends in my now. It also pays dividends in uh, the generations to come from me. And then it also pays dividends in eternity. Here, Revelation is my, dad, my daddy's favorite scripture. He always quote Revelations 2 and 10, the, the last part of it. Be faithful unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. That's what Jesus says. That we should be faithful unto death. <laughs> yeah, we probably have to take some time to study it out. Does that mean be faithful until I die? Listen. Or does that mean be faithful even if it causes me to die? Either way, when you die, you should be faithful all the way. Look how y'all looking at me. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to lay down the life for what we believe? Are we ready? And I would say to you, if you're not ready to die for what you believe, then you really don't believe it. Yeah. That part. Okay. Now. I'm, I'm going a little bit deeper. In order for this faithfulness to God, towards God, to come to the surface, listen, in order for us to know it, in order for us to see it, in order for God to see it, in order for us to see it, God tests us. <laughs> well, we don't like this. God will test you. Now, I know. I know. Let me let me go and clear this up real quick. You'll hear people say, uh, God does not test. God does not test you. Look at me very clearly. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. Doria said, what if you feel like you've been failing the test? Take it again. It's going to come back around. Just don't fail it the next time. Come on. Oh, Lord. Don't get me started, D. Don't get me started here. Because here's the thing. The one thing I appreciated about teachers who gave tests are the ones who will say to me, I know you wasn't ready the first time around because you hadn't been studying. You've been playing around. You've been acting foolish. But one thing about me, Tim Pryor, is that I will keep giving you the test until you pass it. I'm not going to hold up your forward motion. Because I'm taking it off the table. I'll leave it on the table. So when you get your act together, you can move forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the thing about our God is that he will leave that test on the table. Take it again. Take it again. That's why you quit a job and go to another job and have the same problem. It's because you didn't pass the test the first time. Look how y'all looking. That's why you leave churches under the guise of, I don't like them. The pastor did this. They said this to me. And you go to the next church and you still have the same issue because you didn't pass the test. But our God is the God that will leave the test on the table and says, I'm, I'm counting on you. Study. Reflect. Come take it again. I'm counting on you. Man, I'm preaching already. I could, I could like end right here. <laughs> He'll leave it on the table because God is not only fighting for you against the enemy, but he is rooting for you. 
Why? Because he's made an investment. He wants to return on his investment. And if he takes it off the table, you can't move forward. He would have wasted his time determining your end from your beginning. Why would he have even stood over the, your, your life, the journey of your life, putting things in place, creating your end? If he wasn't going to wait for you to get there, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you do not move forward, it is not because God has taken the test off the table. It is because you won't take it again or you won't learn the lessons that you need to learn so you can move forward. Who am I preaching to today? Man, I'm preaching a whole lot longer and harder than I thought, but somebody needs to hear this. Don't be discouraged because you failed. He has always put a plan in the midst of that. It's called repentance. <laughs> yeah, it is called a fail safe because if you fail the test, you can do it again. You ain't got to fail it again. Yeah, but he will test you. And I want to be clear. <coughs> I want to be clear. James chapter one, verse 13 says this. Let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. Listen to what it says. For God cannot tempt by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now, when we start talking about that, we are talking about testing as it relates to temptation. So God does test. He does not tempt. Okay, hear me, hear me. I want you to see here. Since we're talking about testing, a teacher is giving a test. When a teacher gives a test, the teacher gives you the test and lays it on the desk for you to take the test, right? Okay, but what the teacher does not do is give you an opportunity to cheat on the test. That would be tempting you to do evil. God does not do that. God says, I wanna see your faithfulness. I wanna see what's in your heart. So yes, I'm gonna test you, but I do not test you from a position of evil or sin to trip you up because I want you to move forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you wanna say God does not tempt, okay. But God does test. And what I'm talking about today is the is the kingdom currency of faithfulness toward God. How do you know that you have that kingdom currency in your pocket if you've never been tested? And God is saying this last season for many of you, it's been a test. And your faithfulness has come to the surface. It has risen to the occasion. And God said in the hard times of your life. That's the currency that you need to reach for It's the currency that says, I don't care how hard it is. I will not turn around. I don't care how dark it is. I'm going to keep walking. Come on, man. I got to go. What time is it? You see what I'm saying? How heavy the season. That's when when you spend that currency, I'm going to show you in the text in a minute that that currency yields a dividend, yields a return or a profit, the currency of faithfulness toward God. We do not preach this enough. We preach faithfulness for yourself and you need to be growing and you need to be using these principles and you should be excelling at work and all of that. But let me tell you something. You can have all the principles of a successful business, but if you have faithfulness toward God, then your business will succeed. You can have the knowledge but you got to have open doors. And when we get 
favor from God. Favor comes from our faithfulness. And God opens doors. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to preach this, but I, I, I want to end the series next week. But let me give y'all, let me give y'all, is it next week? What Sunday is this? Third? Yeah, I'm going to finish it next week. Let me, let me tell y'all this. A few weeks ago, I was standing here and God said to me, and I said to the Lord, I was standing here right before service. And I said, I'm going to Charlotte after church today. I'm going to go and, and spend the weekend with my sister. I just need a break. And he said, don't go. Just as clear as I'm standing here. And I was like, ooh. So, you know, I was halfway mad at him. But I didn't go. Okay. Uh, on two, Monday, the next day, uh, we were standing in the kitchen talking. And it was one week before school went back. And Paris, uh, my bonus daughter, who is a senior this year, she said uh, she got her schedule early that Sunday morning or, or Monday morning, really early. And there were some changes and she was a little heavy about it because of what she thought the senior year was going to flow like. But it wasn't that. And it was like, you got to take this, this and this. And so we found out, long story short, we needed to go to the school. And I said to her, we need to go to the school today if school starts a week from now so we can talk to the uh, guidance counselor to get this stuff fixed. And she said, well, I sent him an email, but I haven't heard from him. But I also emailed him before school let out uh, last year because I saw the schedule, and but I never heard from him. I said, okay, we're going to go up there. So I said to her, when you go in there, because I'm going to let her go. You're a senior. Go handle your thing. I'm going to sit in the car. She went in. I said, if they do not tell you anything that you need to hear, or if they keep saying the same thing, Come call me while you're in there to, and, and, and I'm going to come in there. I had already had this planned out in my head, right? So she did. She went in there. They did what I felt like they was going to do. Give her the red tape that oftentimes people give to children. Don't, don't get me started with that. That red tape, you need to go email your guidance counselor. She says, I've done that twice. But anyway, she comes back to the car. She's frustrated. Kind of kind of tears, right? And so... Uh, I said, well, I told you to call me. Let's go. So I parked the car and I go in there. So this is, she started, of course, we got married last year in November. So she didn't start this school until after the Christmas break. No, after the Thanksgiving break. So I said to her as we were walking up to the steps, I said, who's the principal here? She says, I don't know. I said, you never met your principal? She said, no. So I'm, I'm Googling real quick to try to find the principal's name. So I see a name and I didn't have time enough between the time I started texting or Googling and the time we walked into the office to get a picture. But I saw a name. So I get in there. We get in there and we come up to the uh, yes, Tony guidance counselors. Yes. Don't get me started. So anyway, um, um, we get there and um, the lady who was talking to uh, Paris was on the phone and um, she says, I'll be right out. I was like, OK. Well, while we were standing there, another lady walks in. Looks like she's coming in from lunch, had her bags and all of that. And she walked in and she said, hey, are, are you folks? Have you folks been helped? And I said, no, ma'am. We were waiting for her to end the call. And um, she was like, so how can I help you? And so I started telling her the, the stuff. And so she says, um, OK, hold on. She turns around to the other lady. She says, hey, can you give me the transcript for what's your name, honey? And got all that information. Can you get the transcript? So she gets the transcript in her hand and she starts just, OK, here's what's going on. I paused it. I said, ma'am, wait, who are you? She says, oh, I'm Miss so-and-so. 
the principal of the school. I said, you're the principal? She was like, yes. I said, ma'am, I just want to thank you. None of that mattered to you. What mattered to you most is that when we came in, that when you came in, that we were being helped. You didn't even say, I'm the principal. You didn't throw any of that around. You went to helping us, and I wanted to say thank you. I was absolutely blown away that a principal who my bonus daughter had never even seen because the school is so big, was the one who ended up helping us resolve the issue. At the end of the day, she says, here's what I want you to do. Just go home. I guarantee you, no later than Wednesday, you will have a call from the guidance counselor. Well, he called that night. Well, I guess you would because your boss has said, hey, you need to fix this problem. But when we were driving away, I started talking. I had been talking to Paris about um, making connections and relationships and all of that. But the Lord said to me, he said, faithful. He said, favor. He says, because you did what I told you to do, I told you not to go somewhere. This was an opportunity and favor came in and you got favor with the top dog on the campus because you did what I told you to do. Listen, when we operate in the favor or faithfulness toward God by being obedient, he will always open the door. And I'm going to talk about it in a second. I'm ahead of myself, but he'll always open the door to favor. I'm, I don't even want to teach it, but I'm going to throw this in. Favor is also a currency in today's economy. Favor. It was the right time. It was the right moment. And God has said, don't do this. Go do this. Favor. Favor. Are you hearing? But it comes from faithfulness. Man, let me jump in this text because I'm just like all over the all over the way, all over the place. OK. Yeah. Babe, yes. Obedience yields favor. So this God tests faithfulness and we start seeing God testing faithfulness in Genesis. Yeah, he starts with, with Adam and Eve. Yeah, he says to Adam, Adam, all oh, this is yours, but don't touch this tree right here. Don't touch this tree. And But, but, but wait, don't touch the tree. But God didn't put anything in between the tree and man's humanity. He didn't put a fence around it. No barbed wire. Are you hearing me? No cage. He was like, I need to see if my voice is strong enough <laughs> for you to be faithful to it without a barrier between what I told you not to touch and your curiosity. Kylie, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because that's my thing would have been like, Lord, you do realize that if you had put the tree out of his reach, we wouldn't have this mess. All of us be walking around the garden naked, eating pomegranates, just skinny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but Tim, wh why would I? If man has his own will, I have given you your will. You're not a robot. I've given you the option to choose. Now, I also tell you what the best choice is, but you still have the option. How do I know that you really love me, that you're really faithful to me, my voice, if I put a fence in between the thing I tell you not to touch? Come on. Yeah. So anyway, I got to go. I says, I just need to see if you're going to be faithful to my instructions. All right. I believe I can do this in 29 minutes. Y'all ready? Our text today is about Abraham. Okay? 
Genesis chapter 22. We see the, the testing of Abraham. And, and the testing of Abraham is really interesting to me because Abraham goes down in history as the father of faith. Okay? He's a father of faith. Um, what's amazing, faith, faith, I would also say the father of faithfulness. The thing is that Abraham was not perfect. Now, I don't have time to talk to tell about all of his story, but he, here it is. Here it is. Um, on this journey, remember now, God speaks to Abraham when he was living with his daddy in the Ur of the Chaldeans. Abraham was not, uh, uh, didn't even know who um, Elohim, who Yahweh was. Okay, because that's not who they worshiped. They worshiped uh, Ur. Okay, the, the God Ur in the area, in the life, or in the, in the land of the Chaldeans, Ur of the Chaldeans. That's who he worshiped. Well, God says, come here. Go to a place that I will show you. Roll with me. Okay? And he had to leave everything to roll with the God that he was learning, not knowing. Okay? So in this process of, of following God and doing what God says to do, Abraham, whose name at that moment was Abram, Abram means um, exalted father, Abram, exalted father. Um, he starts messing up because he did not totally trust God. This is why I started this with saying to you that our faithfulness to God does not mean perfection because Abraham, Abram, Messed up several times. Here it is. Two times, okay, he was so afraid, had trust issues with God, that he lied and told people that his wife was his sister. <laughs> yeah, he thought, he thought, if I tell them that you're my wife, because you're so hot, they're going to kill me in order to get at you. One of the times, the person almost married, tried, tried to marry his wife, okay, tried to marry Sarah because she was so hot, but he had to step up and be like, okay, 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 on the real, this is my wife, okay? He lied because he did not trust. Oh, he lied because he did not trust. He lied. Because he did not trust anybody. Anybody know Abraham? Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, that. Hey, here's, a, here's a sidebar. Can I give you a sidebar? If that had happened, if Sarah would have married somebody else, the promise that God gave Abram on the front end of him leaving his dad's house, like if you follow me, I'm going to make sure that your descendants are going to be blessed and all of that. If this plan had manifested the plan of this guy tried to get with Sarah and they had gotten together and she had a baby. The question would have been whose baby is this would have messed up the plan of God. Come on, at least tried to because Abraham or Abram lied. Hold on. This ain't all. He lied twice, right? But then 
got his stuff together. God comes in and gives him a promise. He gives him a promise and he says, I'm going to give you a son. Yep, I'm going to give you a son. You're going to have a seed and all of this kind of stuff. And him and Sarah, you know, Sarah kind of was like, mm, I don't know about this. Here's the next time he messed up. He didn't trust. Sarah convinced him to go on and have his child, go on, get with your servant, have a baby. And the baby was Ishmael because he didn't trust God enough. Listen, and the trust he did have for God, look, was overshadowed by the amount of time he had to wait for the promise. And so both of them was like, maybe God was waiting on us <laughs> to help him out because it's been so long. It, it was about, oh, God, I'm preaching to myself. It was about 25 years after the prophecy or after the word of the Lord came to them. 25 years before they had a baby. Uh, Sarah was about 90. Look how y'all look. And because it had taken so long, his humanity kicked in and said, well, we need to go on and get this because this don't even make no sense to us. God said we was going to have one. And so then, hey, why don't you go down there, knock on uh, what's the name's door and y'all work it out. OK, there's a baby that comes out. His name is Ishmael. God is still faithful to Ishmael because God is God. He still blesses Ishmael, but he is not the promise. Ooh, I do not have the time to deal with this, but I'm amazed at the thought that the promise God gave Abraham was going to come through his loins. Wait, but, uh, Abraham's lack of trust and impatience came through the same loins. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Oh my God. So that's why we got to be careful when we move because sometimes we could be planting seeds from our flesh comes through the same flesh that God says, I'm going to work a miracle through your hands. But because we have not waited for him, because we're not faithful to him, because we're not trusting, we are now planting seeds of our flesh. When God says, I want to work a miracle through you. <sighs> and sometimes we look at a flesh baby and call it a miracle. When God says that ain't a miracle, it is what it is. It's a flesh baby. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Let me let it ride. I'm going to let it go. So I'm going to let it go. So you know, anyway, in, all the, in spite of all the mistakes is what I was trying to get to. In spite of all the mistakes that Abraham had, listen, God still was faithful to him. See, this is what I'm saying. God says, I can still be faithful to you through your imperfections. Can you still produce faithfulness to me with your imperfections? Because I know that you're not perfect. And I'm still calling for your faithfulness to me. Because with your imperfections, I've still been faithful to you. So, excuse me. So, God, now test Abraham. Can we go over there? Let's go over there. Finally, I met my, my text today and I'm going to give you six points and I promise I won't belabor them. Here it is. I'm going to give you six principles that will help you leverage this currency 
of faithfulness toward God. Okay, six principles to help you leverage the faithfulness or leverage this currency of faithfulness toward God. Here it is, number one. Y'all ready? Number one, you got to answer the call to sacrifice. Genesis 22, I'm going to read verses two and three right here. You ready? Okay. It says here, then he said, this is, this is, this is God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me go back and read one right quick. Cause I want to show y'all something. <laughs> Here's the Bible. I love the Bible. Y'all got to love the Bible. Y'all love it. Let me just read it. I didn't have it. Let me read uh, 22 and one. It says, after all this, <laughs> God tests him. Wait a minute. Y'all got it. It should say, it should say over there, we, uh, the call answer, uh, answer the call to sacrifice. It's going to start at verse one because it starts at verse one. After all this, after everything that, that had gone on in the life of Abraham, after all this, after all of his, okay, God, I'm with you. I'm following you. After the fact that now nah, I don't trust you, I'm going to lie right here. Okay, now nah, I'm going to go with you. Now nah, I don't trust you. I'm going to lie right here. Uh, now, nah, okay, I receive your word. Now nah, I don't know if you're going to really do what you say you're going to do. And I'm going to, you know, have my own child with this, with this woman. After all this, God says, I still want to give you a chance. To prove your faithfulness to me. Let me tell you something. God loves you enough. He has put enough, in, enough investment into your life that even after your failures, he still gives you opportunities to prove your faithfulness toward him because he wants to bless you. But the question is, are you ready for the sacrifice? The text says, after all this, God tested Abraham. And Abraham, he called out to Abraham. He says, Abraham. <laughs> and, and Abraham says, here I am. Abraham say, whatever you up for, God, I'm up. He says, Abraham, in verse two, take now your only son, Isaac. Ooh. God says, I blessed Ishmael. He says, but based on the promise that I made to you, I got to see Isaac for who he is. He's your only son. He's the one that came in when your loins no longer worked, when her womb was no longer fruitful, all of that. I was the one that gave this baby. So this is your only son. Here is the promise that you've been looking for. Will you? He says, he said, I want you to take that son. Only son whom you love. And go to Moriah, listen, and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Listen, here we go with this same language. Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm not going to finish this today. Same language that he always uses with Abraham. Remember when he says, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. There is this relationship that God has with Abraham that says, I just want to know that you'll go even when you don't have a destination. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. See, God oftentimes will call us and say, here, I want you to do this. Come here, do this. Yeah, where am I going? I just need you to do this. Walk, go. Abraham, here we are again. Take your promise. 
to a place and offer him up. Go to a mountain that I will show you. In other words, I need you to walk with your eyes always on me. Because if I tell you too much, you'll think you know more than I know. And if you are going to prove your faithfulness to me, it starts with you walking with your eyes on me. So here's what he says. He says, um, so Abraham rose, verse three, early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took uh, two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split some wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God told him. Listen, this is huge, but I want to make some things clear here in the text. Are y'all hear me? If you're going to answer the call to sacrifice, you got to understand some stuff right here. First of all, you'll hear people say that God asked Abraham to kill Isaac. I want you to look at the text because he never asked Abraham to kill Isaac. Never. He asked him to offer Isaac. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Abraham didn't know it. Abraham didn't know it. He didn't know when he all he know is God's asking me to go and sacrifice, kill him. But God never asked him to kill him. God says, I want to see what's in your heart. And let me tell you something. If you're going to use this currency of faithfulness toward God in this hard season, you got to be willing to make the offer. You got to be willing to offer up everything. Listen, God made it clear. He says, I want you to know how I see this. Your only son. <laughs> Bring him to me. Offer him up. I want you to know how I see it. I see it as the promise that I gave you, son. The question is, are you willing to offer it up to me? I know it's your business. It's your company. You have worked so hard to build it. I know it's the building that you built. It's your baby. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's the diploma that you worked so hard for. And you feel like because I worked so hard for all of these that I went from, from undergrad to graduate school. And I got a doctorate, master's and a doctorate and all of that. And God says, yeah, but I want you to work over this field. But no, God, I've invested all this money and all this time in this. And God says, yeah, I know. But are you willing to give that up? To do what I tell you to do. And you got to be willing to offer it up. You got to come to the altar and say, here, I know this is my baby. I, I, I know this building got my DNA. <laughs> Listen, I know this is my plan. Mm hmm. I know, I know me and my mama sat down and worked this out years ago. And my mama and them told me because they went this route. That's the route I got to go. I know, no, God says, go what? You want me to go where? On the mission field. But no, to go to mission field, my mama and them was Deltas and AKAs. I was supposed to be that because that's what they said. And God says, but I want you to go over here. Are you willing to offer up? You got to answer the call to the sacrifice. And this, this text has just come alive to me while we were teaching this because for me, this is, this is hard. This is your, this is, this, it, listen, Isaac 
was the sign that God was with them. God spoke to me. God spoke to me and told me that I was going to have a baby. And all oh, y'all know I was too old. There he is right here. I got a relationship with God. You understand? Me and God talk like that. He, when I was too old to, to, to get it up, God, God touched my body. Y'all don't hear me. And, and this is the sign that I have had an encounter with God. What happens when the thing God told you to do, he asked you to give up? What do you do? God, you told me to start this. You told me to write this. Come on. You told me. You told me that this was going to be. You told me. What? The test of faithfulness toward God will cause you to have to answer the call to sacrifice. Isaac was the promise. God was looking for what's in your heart. God says, your Isaac is the sign to people that we have relationship. God says, but your heart is the sign to me that we have relationship. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, you keep wanting to show off for other people that we good. And I'm calling you to open your heart to me to prove to me that we good because they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. Because if it was left up to them, they sent you a hell months, sent you to hell months ago. And the fact that you still walking around here and succeeding, they mad about it. He said, but I ain't studying them. I'll deal with that. But I want to deal with your heart because it's your heart that proves to me that we good. Are you willing to give up your sign to show me? that we good. I got to go. I still can do this. Here's number two. Number one of the six principles that's going to help you leverage this currency. Number one is answer the call to sacrifice. Number two, operate in faith. Look at verse four and five. The Bible says on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. <laughs> he operates in faith. The, the, let me make sure I, I want to make this clear. I want to make this clear. Um, faith is the anchor of our relationship with God. Okay. The writer says that without faith, we can't even please him. In other words, who stays in a relationship, right? That, that, that we can't get pleasure on both ends. I, I'm not even talking about sexual stuff. I'm just talking about just, just connection and, and companionship. And it's a win-win for both of us. The text says that if we don't have faith, we can't even please God. So faith is the anchor of our relationship with God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So now Abraham says to the servant, me and the boy, he knows what the assignment is. The assignment is to go and offer up your son. But he says 
to the servant, me and the lad will come back. He says, we will come back. And then the text says, and then he goes toward the mountain. When I say operate in faith, I mean you're doing. Okay. Because it is one thing to say me and the lad will come back. It's another thing to say me and the lad will come back and I'm going. Many of us talk about faith, but we don't operate in faith. Faith is the doing, not just the saying. We talk a good faith game. <laughs> we talk a good I'm a Christian. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready for this? Because let me tell you something. What I have learned in these past few years is that people talk faith, but they don't operate in it. Come on. They don't operate in it. Because the operating in faith is sometimes having to say nothing when something could be said. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's operating in faith. But listen, operating in faith is just not, it's not talking about I'm a Christian and I believe God. But when it's my turn, I'm going to get you back. That ain't operating in faith. Operating in faith is not talking about, yeah, I believe God can provide all of my needs. But then when it comes to tithing, I don't do it. That's operating in faith. Tithing, actually releasing the money is faith. Talking about it is zero. Faith is not in word, but in deed. Come on, I see you. I'm looking right at you. Yes. Yes. You can't even see yourself releasing tithe. But you talk about how good God is. You don't know how good God is. You just heard it. And so now you say it. It's called parakeet faith. It's parakeet Christianity. I just made that up. Yeah, because you can repeat what's said. But you can't do it. And Abraham who understands that the end result of his going is his promise being killed. But he says, somehow, some way, God is going to work this out, but I can't just stand here and talk about it. I got to go there and be about it so I can see the end result. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is calling you to operate in faith and just stop talking about it. Yeah, God don't like so-and-so. But why you keep entertaining it? Well, they my friend. What well, do you believe that God don't like it? That would be talking about it. God don't like it. But actually living it out is by saying, don't talk to me about that. God doesn't like it. Operating in faith. Look how y'all looking at me. Come on. That, that was number, that was number two. Because here's number three. Number three is trust God. Okay, wait. Number one, answer the call to sacrifice. You got to get ready for that. I can't say that enough. You got to answer the call to sacrifice. Jesus says, if you're going to roll with me, you got to take up your cross. Yeah, cross speaks to sacrifice. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to give up something. And that's the part that I, that's the challenge that I have with Christians today newfangled Christians, we don't want to give up anything and we want to say we follow Christ, but that's not what Jesus says. So now we have a social media Christianity and not a Christianity that Jesus recognizes. <sighs> I got to go. 
Many of you will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out devils? Didn't I? Didn't I? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. I didn't have Facebook. What? Depart from me. I wasn't on Instagram or TikTok because that's not the kind of Christianity or followership that I'm looking for. I'm looking for followers who are willing to answer the call and sacrifice. So number two, you got to operate in faith. Here's number three. You got to trust God. Well, pastor, is it trusting God and operating in faith the same? Uh, well, let's look at it. Let's look at verse six. OK, verse six says, but Isaac spoke to Abraham. Uh, his father and said, my father, and he says, here I am, son, uh, that he said, look, you got fire, you got wood, but where's the lamb <laughs> for the burnt offering? And Abraham says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Now, listen. Operating in faith says I'm going to do it. I'm walking toward the mountain. OK. In order for me to trust God, there is a resolve that has to happen. Trusting God is a matter of resolve. Hear me. Operating in faith says I'm going to the mountain. Trusting God is no matter the outcome, it's still me and you. <laughs> Listen, his trust was solid, but wait, it was solid enough for him to impart to his son. Listen, faith that we talk about oftentimes is faith that, uh, it's, it's for the audience. Let's say the servants, the turban boys that he had with him, says, y'all stay here. Me and my son gonna go. We'll be back. That looks good. I'm a man of God. Y'all stay right here. But trusting God is the more intimate place. Trusting God is when you can say to your child, listen, <laughs> we get ready to go up here and God's gonna do his thing. God's going to provide for himself. This is the intimate place. It is the place where I could say, listen, his son, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Listen, God told me to come up here because see, here's Isaac. Isaac is like, I know how sacrifices worship, worship goes. I know how this goes. You got fire, you got wood, and we should have a lamb. But we don't have no lamb, daddy. Abraham could have said to him in this intimate space, he could have said, son, I don't know what God's going to do. I'm just going up here because he told me. I don't know. But the truth of who Abraham was, his resolve in his heart was God's going to work this out. So he said in the most intimate times, in the place where his son could have been unnerved, I wouldn't tell you that Isaac was afraid. I wouldn't tell you that at that time they, was, they hadn't even identified the mountain or they hadn't gotten to the mountain. So I can't tell you that Isaac was scared that he was about to be killed. He was just like, the process is changing. What's the deal? And Abraham was so solid in his trust toward God. Because remember, Abraham was used to trusting God to a point. Whenever it got heavy for Abraham, he would lie. 
And Abraham says, I'm not messing up this time. I've seen him come through too many times. Son, God's going to make a way. Now, don't ask me how. I just know he's going to provide for himself what is needed. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? At some point in your journey with God, you got to get to the place where you're going to have to say, I'm tired of lying. I'm just going to trust you all the way through. I'm, trying to fin I'm tired of finagling and trying to get this worked out on my own because I trust you to a certain extent. And when my patience is shorter than my trust, I make up my own stuff. And he said, no more. I trust God. Let me ask you something. Do you trust God? Oh, I'm preaching good today. I'm enjoying this. Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to make sure you stay aligned with him so that the outcome can be what he wants and not what you do in your flesh. Come on. Can you trust God enough? I know you can justify why you did it. I know. I know. I know you can say, well, that's what they did to me. And that's what I did. And, and you know, I know that you can say, but I've been doing this long enough. I don't pay my dues. Do you trust God enough? to say, I'm going to wait until you fix it. And I just want you to know that God is on the other side, looking at you like, ooh, please wait. Just please wait. Don't do what you did last time. Come on, come on. I'm rooting for you. You got this, Abraham. You got, just believe me. Come on. I got you, bro. I got you. Because, you know, God, God roots for us. <laughs> he ain't the only one. The text says that we got a cloud of witnesses. My mom and daddy, my son, Timmy, my best friend, Kenny, they all in heaven saying, Tim, 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 hold out. I know you feel like giving up. I know you want to work this out on your own. I know you want to feel like you justified, but I'm just telling you to hold out. My Listen, your grandmom and them. Cousin Ray Ray, your auntie, your big mama, who went on to be with the Lord, they standing around cheering for you and saying, trust God in this one. We know what he's going to do. Don't botch it. <laughs> Come on. His trust in God was solid enough. To give it, listen, oh God, his trust was solid enough to give it to Isaac. Y'all, only God knew the outcome. But wait, only Abraham knew the request. Abraham knew that God had said to him, come offer up your son, bring him up here. Take your only son. The one who you love. Offer him up. Abraham knew it. But even in that, even in what he knew, Abraham was able to solidify his faith in such a way that he gave it to his son, who was the one who was on the proverbial chopping block. Let me ask you something. Is your faith solid enough to handle your children? Hmm? Look how you look. I'm not talking about the faith that you talk about. I'm talking about the faith that you live out and carry out. Is it solid enough to hand to your children? 
Can you hand to your children a faith that says, even though I failed, I still trust God and God still loves me here. Come on. Is it solid enough for you to hand it to your children and say, God said he was going to do it here. He said it. I believe it. Come on. There's some stuff that I'm waiting on God to do that I will go to my grave believing. I'll tell my kids he said he was going to do it. He's going to do it. Maybe it wasn't through me. It's more than likely through you. So get your act together. So then you can look at me and say, Daddy, come out to my grave and be like, Daddy, God did it. And I'll smile down from heaven and said, I knew he would. Can you hand it? Man, I'm preaching these points too long. Let me go. Here it is. Okay. Number one, answer the call. Answer the call to sacrifice. Number two, operate in faith. Number three, trust God. Number four, be willing to go all the way. I'm going to preach it real quick. Uh, then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and he placed the wood in order, uh, placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac's uh, bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. What, what, what is going through Isaac's mind? Like daddy has lost his mind. Daddy, hey, 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 snap out of it. <laughs> What's going on? And so we ain't even dealt with the inner turmoil that Abraham had to go through in order to be faithful to God. We ain't even talked about that because see, many of us feel like serving God comes without struggle and inner turmoil. <sighs> you know, we say stuff like this. If I don't have peace about it, it must not be God. Do you think this father had peace? He had faith, but I cannot tell you he had peace. I'm a dad who's lost a son. I cannot tell you. And I still serve God before my son died. I serve him since my son died. And I'm serving him now when I go visit his grave. So I cannot tell you. Yeah, I'm preaching good. Because we feel like serving God should come without inner turmoil. And that is not the text. Even Jesus had it. In the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, because there's inner turmoil in being faithful to God. That's why you got to have resolve, because you can't go by a feeling. Your heart, the Bible says, is deceitful among everything, because I know people who will declare the name of the Lord and will cut your throat. Come on. So you can't go by feeling. You got to go by resolve. My faith is cutting throats is wrong. <laughs> I got to go for my wife to come out here and get me. So listen. <laughs> he bound Isaac, laid him on the altar, upon the wood. And Abraham, listen, stretched his hand and took the knife. To slay his son. Point number four, you got to be willing to go all the way. If you are going to use this currency of faith toward God, and I'm telling you, this is the season of your life to use it. You got to go all the way. Tell God whatever it takes. 
I'm willing to sacrifice it all. I'm willing to do not just in talk because he talked with a man. Hey, son, we're going to get up in the morning and go up to the mountain. And then when that morning came, nobody ever went. No, I'm just going to wait. I, I don't feel like going today. No, he got up. He went. He went as far as he he was waiting for God to speak to him because God says, take to a mountain to a place that I will show you. When I show it to you, that's the place. So he sees the mountain. He tells the servants, y'all stay. And he still goes further with his son. He goes all the way through, y'all. He goes all the way to binding his son and putting his son on the wood. Can you imagine having the, the, the focus of mind, the resolve of faith to take your child, bind him up, put him up there and reach for the knife? Yeah, see, this is the kind of stuff, listen, this is the kind of stuff that make God haters hate God even more because they feel like if this was God, God wouldn't have him to kill his son. And I'm trying to tell you this is God and God didn't ask him to kill his son. He asked him to offer his son. But what uh, Isaac, um, what Abraham understood is in order for me to offer, ain't no halfway offering for me. I, it's all or none for me. And that's what God wanted to see. God wanted to see. Is it all or none for you, son? Because when you lay a, a, a lamb up here, it's easier to lay a lamb up there. But will you lay your promise, your, your trophy up here? And he says, yeah, I will. And I know all the things to do. I know you're crying, Isaac. I know you don't understand this, son. I can't tell you I do either. But God will provide. You keep saying God will provide, but you got my hands tied. You keep saying God will provide, but I'm laying on this altar and you got fire in your hand and you're reaching for a knife. When will he provide? Can I say this to you? God will provide when he sees that you are willing to go all the way. Stop talking to me about I don't have enough to tithe. I don't have enough. So I ain't going to tithe. I got to pay my bills. When God says, I want to see if you're willing to follow me and be without lights so I can prove to you that you won't be without lights. Look at how y'all look at me. Okay, so then he went all the way. Uh-huh, point number five. Are you ready? Watch the Lord provide. God has a way. It's just something about him that he wants us to see what he does. I can take you all the way through the text of scripture. Um, with Jehoshaphat, he told them to go to the battle. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, it was, he waited three days, Jesus did, before he went to where Lazarus was. And then there was a whole crowd. And then Jesus, who could have just made it happen, had to make a public announcement. Father, for all of those who don't believe, let them believe today. And he calls Lazarus out of the tomb because God wants us to see his hand in our lives. Can I go further? On the day of Pentecost, that all the saints love and where well, we wearing white now and we shouting the can on. It was at that day that he waited till about four million people got in the seats. And then the Holy Ghost came in and changed everything forever because God wants us to see. So then he takes this guy and he says, I'm going to show you, son. As soon as you show me. Y'all ready? But the angel of the Lord, verse 11, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. You know, I always told y'all, whenever God calls your name twice, something big is about to happen. 
Like what he said, Martha, Martha, thou are, are, are troubled and worried about many things. There's something. So he said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here am I. Abraham answers. And he says, don't lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. Oh, boy. So Abraham went, took the lamb, offered him up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, provide as it said to this day, the mount of the Lord. In the mount of the Lord, the Lord, it shall be provided. Listen, so. It's amazing to me how all this works. This whole story of testing was really all about watching. God wanted to watch Abraham. And so Abraham, so God made sure Abraham was watching him because he said to him, I want you to offer up your son. Go to a place that I will show you. That means you got to watch me. <laughs> and then he got to a place. The text says that he finally saw the place from afar off. And so now he saw the place and now he knows a little more specifically where he's going. Initially, it was ethereal. I'm just following God. And then he got to a place where God says, that's it. Now I see it. Are you willing? God shows up and he says to Abraham, bro, don't kill your son. Here he is. But here's the last one I want to get to. Receive. Here's number one, number six. Receive the blessing of the Lord. Last one. Look at uh, 22 and 15. Watch it. I'm going to go through it anyway. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Here it is. Blessing. I will bless you and multiplying. Uh, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemy in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice so Abraham turned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba Listen, listen, <laughs> y'all, point number six, receive the blessing of the Lord. Listen, I want y'all to hear this. And it does not, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me why we would have this problem at this point. You know why? Because. The dividends of being faithful to God is living in the blessings of God. But wait, these blessings are transgenerational. I want you to hear me. God says, because you have done this, Abraham, I'm getting ready to bless you and multiply you. Okay? But I love this. He says, I'm going to multiply 
So you're going to be multiplied a whole bunch of folks like the stars in heaven and like the sand on the seashore. So here it is. And your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemy. This is why the enemy doesn't want you to hear what I got to say. Are you ready? Mama, daddy, auntie, big mama, god mama, big sis, okay? Big lion sister, big lion brother, whoever it is, your faithfulness to God has everything to do with the next generation. What God says to Abraham, I'm getting ready to bless you right now, son, but because you're faithful, I'm getting ready to bless your seed. And the reason the enemy is coming after our seeds, he's coming after our faithfulness toward God, because if he comes after our faithfulness toward God, he weakens our seed. These blessings are transgenerational. And for those of you that got young people in your house, please understand, don't lose heart. Stay faithful to God because the reason the enemy is coming after you so hard is because when you pass the test of your faithfulness toward God, when you use that currency, he knows that the enemy, the enemy knows that your children going to be having their foot on your neck, on his neck. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why he says, I'm getting ready to bless you in such a way. I'm getting ready to make sure your children attack the enemy. Listen, and with everything that's going on, hear me clearly. Gosh, yes. Listen, this morning I was making my coffee, Tracy, Tracy Carson, I was making my coffee and God said, tell Tracy, she's not the only one. Going through the stuff that you go through makes you feel like, man, why me? God says, you're not the only one. Because these are tests of your faithfulness toward him. And he says, when you pass this test, your seed is going to kill the enemy, which is also why the enemy comes after our seeds the way it does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you cannot lose heart. You can't lose heart. You can't let go. You can't let go because the enemy is trying to protect himself from your seed, from the generations to come down. That's why he don't want this word. That's why he don't want this word. I don't know what's going on with it. It's been working all this time. I don't know why I now all of a sudden it's staticky, but what I want to tell you is, devil, you're a liar. Listen, God, <laughs> good, hit me through the static, because <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm being tested. Will you teach when the cameras go off? Will you teach? Come on. Will you teach when the, the mics get staticky? This ain't got to be perfect for me. Come on. Come on here. I've been preaching in my living room, amen, in my garage, whatever. I just want you to hear. Stay focused. It's th listen, it's this kind of stuff that the enemy tries to discourage you. I ain't getting ready to be discouraged. 
I put this word on TBN with the static at all so the devil can hear you're a liar from the pit of hell. My faithfulness is toward God and I'm going to use the currency. I'm getting ready to make it rain. My faithfulness toward God is going to make it rain. I ain't turning around. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep giving. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying because I'm not going to let the enemy Look at your neighbor and say, make it rain. Make it rain. Make it rain. Make the faithfulness toward God rain all over your life. I'm going to make it. He's going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to him in my house, on my job, in car, in relationship with my kids. I'm going to be faithful to him because when I'm faithful to him, he makes sure that I get the dividends. And the dividends that come back are not just for me. It's for my children and my children's children and my great-grandkids, my nieces and my, my great-nieces and grandnephews. Everybody that has to do with me because of my faithfulness is going to put their foot on the neck of the enemy. And I don't care who you are and what you believe in. God be glorified because I will not Listen, to hell with you. I will not quit. I'll keep preaching because you're a liar. And the faithfulness, the faithfulness toward God is more important to me than anything else. Thanks. Are you hearing me? Clap your hands. Clap your hands. It don't matter. We're going to keep it rolling. Stay focused. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Somebody put in the chat. Stay focused. Put in the chat. Stay focused. You don't have to be perfect. You should be growing in your maturity. Some of the stuff that you flipping over, you shouldn't still be flipping over. Don't get me wrong now. Some stuff, your legs should be strong enough to step over the stuff, some of the stuff the enemy sends you away. But I want you to know this morning, and I'm gonna preach way too long. <laughs> I want you to know today that your faithfulness toward God is a currency. And you need to be Making it rain in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a worldly term, but that's what people understand. You know exactly what I mean. And if I can get the guy that's sitting there doing that to hear me and say, yo, use that with your faithfulness toward God. Be faithful in season and out of season. Be consistent. I know it gets hard. I know you don't feel good. I know you're disappointed because of the way things. You thought it wasn't going to be like this. You Ain't no way in the world that you thought you would be at this age dealing with the stuff that you're dealing with right now. You thought it was going to be different. And God says, I know you did. But just like Abraham, who also thought he had to kill his son, God says, what you thought, it will not be the way you thought. If you stay faithful to me, God, I'm preaching good. It will not, because you're thinking right now it's over. He said it won't be that way. You're thinking right now that you just need to give up and turn around. It will not be this way. Y'all, our God is faithful. Hang in there. 
what you see right now is from your perspective and your vantage point. I'm telling you, it's not going to be what you think. God says, I just need to see. I love it because God said to Abraham, now I know. <laughs> Man, look, I, when I first started reading this text years ago, it, I tripped out because I'm like, what do you mean, God, now you know? Like, you are God. You are all-knowing. God says, yeah, but I, sometimes I just need y'all to carry some things out to him so I'll know that you all in. He says to Abraham, when Abraham had this knife up, he says, hey, 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 now I know that you fear God. Now I know you are willing to give me your promise, your trophy, your token, your eyepiece. You were willing to give it all to me. Man, I love you. I got to go. Be encouraged today, saints. I'm, I'm getting ready to jump off. I'm going to jump off right here. I ain't going to bless you. If you want to join, they'll put the information on the text. If you want to give your life to Jesus, which you need to do, the information is on your screen. They're going to put that up for you so you can get plugged in. Listen, y'all, your faithfulness toward God is everything. You hear me? It's everything. It's everything. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God, listen. It may seem, it seems like what you're doing is small, but God says it ain't small to me. Don't give up. Stay with it. Stay with it, Jeremy. Stay with it, Dorian. Chris, Regina, stay with it. God says what you are doing and how you're operating. That shows your faithfulness to me. Tracy, stay with it. And I love y'all. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray today that you would allow the seeds that have come from this talk today to plant deep. <laughs> I pray, God, that these seeds will go hard in the, in the, in the soil of our lives. I come against the plan of the enemy that is trying to distract every faithful saint that's discouraging them, that's causing them to question, that's causing them to think about turning around, that causes them to think about talking about faith but not acting it out. I, I come against every discouraging thought. I come against depression that causes us to think less of ourselves. I pray today for a determination. Listen, Lord, I declare that you give us a determination even when we don't always have peace. Give us determination to keep running after you. That we will not, I silence the voice of the enemy in our heads and in our hearts. I declare in Jesus' name that we will run and not get weary that we will live out our faithfulness toward you. Y'all, I love you. Have a phenomenal week. Hey, share this. I don't care about the static. Share this with somebody. Share it with them. They need to hear it. They can hear through the static. I can hear through it. They can hear through the static. Don't get distracted. Keep going. That is so like the Hey, y'all have a dope week here. Have an amazing week. I love y'all. Thank y'all for being on.
Woo. I feel the power of God today. You be encouraged. Have an amazing week. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today. today.